Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi, I'm Josh Clark, a partner in Hydrogen Struggles Boston office and global leader of our health tech practice. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Koshik Bomek. Koshik is the U.S. health technology leader at EY. In this role, he leads the EY technology consulting business for healthcare clients across the Americas. Prior to EY, Koshik was a key member of the executive management team of a Fortune 200 IT services company. During his 16-year tenure, he built practices and business units that contributed to that firm's industry-leading growth. Additionally, he was co-founder and CEO of a company that developed an artificial intelligence platform to prevent healthcare claims denials. Koshik, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure to be with you, Josh. So let's jump in. I'll rewind the clock here, Koshik. After you earned your PhD in electrical engineering, you shifted professional gears, becoming a consultant at McKinsey. What drew you into the field of strategy consulting, and how has that foundational experience impacted your career since then? Thank you, Josh. Yeah, it was a big shift, but not all too challenging in the sense that I had always been interested in business. So even as I was pursuing my science and engineering PhD, I had always had a keen eye on what was the practical applications of technology and how, in particular, businesses adopted technology. I was the type of person that always picked up the Wall Street Journal and tried to follow what was going on in business, particularly around technology companies, semiconductors at the time, to find out where the business was headed and what were the implications of all these technology advances towards business and you know society more broadly. And so when I had the opportunity to join McKinsey, I thought it was a terrific way to A, get that deep grounding in business and how business approaches technology and a premier firm that's got global and world-renowned capabilities. And I just thought it would be an incredible extension of my education, if you will, in real-world business. So that's why I, I jumped at the chance to join McKinsey and had a wonderful time there, spent eight years there, getting exposed to all kinds of real-world problems, starting from strategy but all the way towards how to implement those strategies and technology and, and operation and organizational changes. That's great. And since 2017, you focused on serving the healthcare ecosystem during your time with Cognizant, as well as Glide Health, and now EY. What was it that initially attracted you to supporting healthcare clients? And what has kept you engaged over the past six plus years? Yeah, it's actually been in longer than six months. So even earlier in my cognizant career, when I ran BPO and consulting, a lot of the clients that I was working with were in healthcare, both payers and providers. And I was always fascinated with A, it's a massive industry that has obviously very real world impacts. All of us have to deal with the healthcare system in one way, shape or form at some point in our lives. So clearly the impacts were incredible. It's massive. And also in the U.S., it's particularly complicated. It is a very complex ecosystem of payers and providers. And some people say it's this $4 trillion industry. While it is, it's actually composed of hundreds of smaller industries inside of that. And so as I 
worked with clients in Cognizant in terms of addressing their issues, in terms of cost efficiencies, effectiveness of technologies, I just found myself drawn more and more towards it and the impacts it could have, that really solving some of those issues can have profound impacts in terms of patient care, in terms of how the system works, trying to reduce costs. It is a big part of our GDP as a nation. And so trying to find ways to make it more efficient and effective just drew me towards it. I just thought it was a terrific way to anchor a big part of my career. And now following up on that, having successfully led that transition for yourself and your own career into the healthcare sector, what advice do you have for other executives who are also interested in making a move? Yeah, I would say, first of all, appreciate that it is very large and brawny and try to find the right anchor point for yourself. So if you are drawn towards healthcare and solving patient problems or trying to address problems in the broader ecosystem, recognize that it's composed of hundreds of different industries, whether that's on the drug development side, the health insurance payer side, the provider side, even under those You have to think about different specialties, different technologies that support those specialties. So try to find an anchor point that really excites you. You're drawn to it in terms of solving those problems, and you have some capabilities and experiences that you think can really help. And that takes some time to find out, right? To really to take a $4 trillion industry and find your anchor point may require some experimentation. You may find yourself trying different things before you find that area that particular subset of problems where you can make a really big contribution and difference. So that takes some time. So prepare yourself for that. And then once you're in it, recognize that it is a complex ecosystem and that you will have to navigate lots of different parties, whether it's on the payer, providers, specialties, drug companies, and you need to have the patience to deal with that, that this is a game of inches in solving healthcare problems. People like to think they could take big swings and they should. But recognize that better progress is achieved one-on-one through the game of inches kind of mentality. And so I think if you go in with that mindset and approach, you can have a real impact in terms of improving the U.S. healthcare system. You've had experiences in large multinationals and early stage startups. You worked within public, private, investor-backed companies as well. What leadership skills do you think are most transferable across these different environments? I think it starts with understanding the big picture and strategy, right? Where exactly, if you're in an organization, where you want that organization to make an impact? What are the problems that you're going after? And what will your value add or contribution be to that? So I think having a clear-cut strategy in terms of how you can make a difference, how you will win in the marketplace, it starts with that. And that is regardless of whether you're dealing with a small firm or even a large firm. I've had to employ that skill on both sides of that spectrum. And so it starts there. The other key skill is then taking that strategy and then translating it into an operational plan and executing. And obviously, an operational plan for a Fortune 200 company is a lot more complex, You know, a lot more people that you have to work and influence and deal with, lots of different functional capabilities you have to build out. But then even at a small startup, making sure that you have a product market fit, which is some of the things we focused on early in the Glide story, and then identifying the right set of initial customers to take it out to customers who will be your partners in helping to develop the product and fine tune it as well. So having that muscle to go from strategy and getting a very well articulated strategy 
towards operationalizing that strategy, I think are capabilities that you need right now. Great. Thank you. Kosha, can you tell me more about your approach to building teams? How do you strike the right balance between industry expertise and functional best athletes, for example? And how do you lead and build diverse teams inclusively? Well, I'd like to take the second part of that question first. I go out of my way to design a diverse team from the outset, recognizing that diversity is a very positive influence and force in terms of building any strong organization. So I try to think about going back to that strategy point I was raising earlier, what are the organizational capabilities and individuals that will need to affect this strategy, right? Whether that's on the sales side, it's on the product side, it's on the operational performance side of things, and try to identify what are the attributes of an individual or individuals that I'll need to help affect that strategy. So I start with that, the attributes, and then I go about trying to find the right kind of people against those attributes. And now it's obviously never a perfect fit. There's always some give and take in terms of prioritizing certain capabilities and experiences that people bring against what I'm looking for. But what I try to endeavor to get to is a model where I have the full complement of attributes that I need to successfully execute on the team and to effectively deliver against the strategy, recognizing also that people have different ambitions depending on what stage of life and so forth that they're in and making sure that their ambitions are aligned with what I'm trying to achieve in the organization, right? So if I'm at an earlier stage building out a product, then I want to find those individuals who are really out to kind of change the world with a product, right? That have strong ambitions to do so. Whereas if I have a more mature offering, my emphasis will be more around sales and marketing capability and account management client relationship capabilities, which I think are probably more needed when I have that kind of established offering, but I'm really trying to expand my market breadth and and depth, if you will. So I try to modulate across those different capabilities and try to build the right mix of team that brings those experiences, ambitions for that right point in time. To follow up on that, Koshik, have you found in your experience that there are certain functional areas where healthcare domain experience is more valuable rather than less valuable? Absolutely. And healthcare is a very much a domain-driven industry. You need to understand the intricacies of how the dynamics of the business work in terms of between payers and provider relationship, the technologies in particular, right? If you want to play in the electronic health record space or the payer back office space, you need to really understand what's involved with those technologies, why those technologies are architected the way they are, and where that technology is potentially going. But all of that is centered around understanding the industry, how care is delivered, how care is paid for, how patient outcomes are improved. That does require depth. And so I would urge anybody who's considering a career in this to take the time to learn about healthcare and learn about it from one of those anchor points I was talking about earlier, where you could understand, you know, what are the dynamics of payers and providers and care organizations and the patient ultimately, right? What, what are patients? How are their needs evolving? People with complex care needs versus simpler care needs have vast differences in requirements. And the other aspect of this, Josh, is the role of the government. The government does play a very strong role in terms of how care is organized and delivered and the standards around care and the standards around health technology 
are often set by CMS and other government entities as well. So very complex ecosystem that requires, I think, quite a few years to feel like you really got a grasp on it and understand how it all comes together and helps improve the lives of patients. And picking up on that comment about the complexity of the healthcare ecosystem, I'm curious, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about collaboration within healthcare and health tech specifically. In what ways do you see partnership between tech companies, healthcare payers, providers, and researchers driving innovation? It is absolutely essential. Collaboration is at the core of the success of the health industry because it's just too big for any one entity to tackle all by themselves. So if you're out to solve a particular problem in the health industry, let's say it's a certain disease area or therapy area, and you want to apply new innovation, whether that's innovation that's coming from the drug side or the medical equipment side, or even just from the application of information technology, you will need to draw upon collaborations across all kinds of participants to help deliver those capabilities. So if if you look at what's happening now, for instance, with interoperability, that's you know, one of the major trends in terms of the ability for patients to be able to move their health data from one healthcare organization to another to exchange data so that there's a lot more efficiency. Things we're all used to perhaps from our retail or our banking experiences, but we don't have that same facility right now in healthcare. You're seeing a lot of forces and a lot of entities collaborating with one another to make sure that your consumer device, whether it's an iPhone where you may want to keep some of your health information to your electronic health record, which might be stored in an Epic or a Cerner back end to the actual health provider itself that you're working with. Multiple parties will need to be involved to help facilitate that information to flow from one to another. So you've seen a lot of strong collaboration come together over the past few years, not only in terms of standards, which the government plays a strong role, but the actual realization of that information flow and and making it usable by the patients. And I think that's just going to increase because the healthcare industry has a lot of silos of information and technology. That's just been the way it has developed over the past many decades. But I think moving forward, those silos need to come down. And the only way it does so effectively is for the different participants to share information, share know-how, share the ability to exchange patient information, obviously all done within HIPAA constraints with the patient in control of what's going on, but that's really going to ultimately improve the experience and outcomes for patients. Koshik, just one final question as we begin to bring this conversation to a close. I would love to hear your perspective on the future of health tech. What do you think are the most exciting possibilities on the horizon, as well as the most significant hurdles for the sector? And how do you envision these advancements and challenges shaping the healthcare landscape? Sure. You know, I will start with the challenges. I think the single biggest challenge is the increasing cost of healthcare, the rising cost of healthcare, and bringing that down in some way, shape, or fashion. It's getting to the point. I recently read an article about how the health insurers are planning, you know, six to ten percent premium increases for next year, and that is now becoming a very, very big bite for employer-sponsored health plans and so forth. So the economics of healthcare are really getting and becoming a significant part of the individual that is out there. So I think that challenge and trying to control that challenge and bring the economics and bending that cost of care curve downwards so that we're getting lower costs, but with better outcomes is, I think, where health technology can play a very central role. So one of the, I think, 
best things that has evolved over the past couple of years was telemedicine, right? People recognizing that there is a lot of healthcare interactions that they don't need to go into the doctor's office for, that they could do over the phone or in a web chat and so forth. That has really, I think, improved access to care, the costs associated, and that needs to evolve. So I think the evolution of health, you know, the telemedicine will evolve. Being able to address more and more health conditions at home, starting with the ability to do basic monitoring of your health conditions like blood pressure and EKG and those types of things, the more and more diagnostics that can be done at home, that offloads the requirement to do those at the doctor's office. So when you get into the doctor's office, they have all the information and they could jump right into diagnosis and treatment plans. And so that could help bring things down. And one of the third major levers is the cost of drugs. We're starting to see a lot of innovation there with, for instance, Mark Cuban's company, The Cost Plus, trying to go after those big spend areas around you know, the leading drugs and introducing more competition around that will help bring that down. So I think a lot of the emphasis over the next five to 10 years will be how to bring costs down back to a more affordable you know, zone for everybody and improve outcomes. And I think that improve outcomes will also come through advances in technology, being able to track and monitor your healthcare. More and more people are showing a desire to monitor their healthcare more frequently, which is great. Understanding what their day-to-day habits in terms of exercise and what they eat and so forth has an impact on their health. And the more we provide tools and capabilities for individuals to be able to track their health and monitor their health, we could reduce those visits to the doctor and reduce those visits to the ER. And so I think that's where technology can play an increasing role as well. So I think addressing the cost of care, finding easier and cheaper venues for healthcare to be delivered through at home, and then those outcomes, allowing patients to track their health outcomes and understanding what goes into those outcomes will be great sources of innovation over the next few years. Koshik, thank you for making the time to speak with us today. I was happy to do so, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.